Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know generating income from our expertise is pretty easy. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me here every week to make sure you are building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. Before we get started though, one little disclaimer, because I'm a lawyer. The information I share on the podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or legal opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's edition of the Hourly to Exit podcast. Also, happy holidays, as this is my last solo episode of 2023. And I am excited to close out the year with the third part of my three-part series about copyrightability. So copyrightability simply means that an asset is capable of protection, qualifies for protection under the U.S. copyright laws. Part one of this series provided an overview of the main requirement for copyrightability. And that is that the asset must be original. Original simply means not copied from another source, that it was independently created. Note that original does not mean innovative or novel. It doesn't have to be the most mind-blowingly new idea. The asset can be about something that's a kind of tried and true idea. But the expression the words that you use to describe your take on that idea must be original. In part two, I dove a bit deeper into the originality requirement by talking about derivative works. And it also included a brief detour into fair use because it's almost impossible to talk about derivative works without talking about fair use. In part two, I answered the question, what makes something truly original versus derivative? So you can find part one in episode 71 and part two in episode 72. This week, I answer this question that I received at a recent workshop. How do we define the public domain? Is posting it to social media considered the public domain? The answer to this belongs in the copyrightability series because an asset that is in the public domain is not protected by intellectual property laws. Therefore, it's not copyrightable. And so public domain concept does apply to not just copyrights, but also to trademarks and to patents. But of course, we're talking about trademarks here. But I just wanted to make the comment that public domain does apply to other areas of intellectual property laws. On the patent side, I'm sure you're familiar with drugs that become generic, and that means they passed into public domain and a patent no longer applies to it. When a work is in the public domain, it is freely available for anyone to use, modify, and distribute without needing permission from the original creator or paying royalties for it. So recall that the exclusive rights held by a copyright owner are the rights to use it, 
reproduce it, distribute it, modify it, perform it, display it. And when it's in the public domain, now those rights that are usually exclusively held by the copyright owner can be exercised by the public. How does a work enter the public domain? Well, there are a number of ways it can happen. First, it may be just the expiration of the protection period. In the U.S., copyright protection expires after a certain period, and that period depends upon who created it. I'll talk a little bit about it, but not all the intricacies of it. So once the copyright expires, the work enters the public domain. So here in the U.S., January 1st of every year is public domain day. And on the January 1st, a new crop of works will enter the public domain. January 1 of 2023, copyrighted works from 1997 entered the public domain. January 1, 2024, copyrighted works from 1929 will enter the public domain, and so on. Of course, the ones that were already in the public domain remain in the public domain, but a new class of works enter the public domain every year as the passage of time occurs and the protection period expires. So for instance, among the works that entered the public domain in 2023 are works by Ernest Hemingway, Virginia Woolf, and Agatha Christie, which is pretty interesting, I think. Now, if you're interested, you can Google that and see the number, what works are coming into the public domain every year. So that means that, you know, you can write a sequel to one of those works. You can use the characters and put them in new circumstances. You can create a play or a movie based on those works without requiring permission from the originator. There are a number of nuances to works published before 1978 because things have changed a lot in the last hundred years about the protection period and how it is calculated and what causes it to go in the public domain. But for works published or registered from 1978 onwards, the copyright term is the life of the author plus 70 years which is pretty long. And for works with corporate authorship, for like something like a software company creates software, it's not based on the human who created it, but based on the corporation that owns it. The term is either 95 years from publication or 120 years from creation, whichever is shorter. For anonymous, pseudonymous, or works for hire, the term is 95 years from the first publication or 120 years from the year of creation as well. All right. So the other way, some works are simply not eligible for copyright protection. As I have addressed in my other places in the copyrightability series, works that are never eligible for copyright protection, such as facts, ideas, and systems, are always in the public domain. Works that consist entirely of commonly known information or self-evident facts containing no original authorship, such as standard calendars or a directory of members. While the facts and names might be copyrightable under certain circumstances, typically they are not copyrightable and therefore in the public domain. Only the unique expression or presentation of that information would be copyrightable. For instance, the raw data or facts in a research paper can't be copyrighted, but the way they are presented, analyzed, or articulated can be. Another group of public domain works 
government works. Any work created by an officer or employee of the U.S. government as part of their official duties is automatically in the public domain. Note that this exception does not apply to works created by state government employees. So don't assume something that is created by state government is in the public domain. But if it is created by the U.S. government or its employees, of course, that would be public domain works. Failure to meet copyright formalities. Now, this was more of an issue prior to 1989. The copyright notice with the C with the date on it, a date was required for all works published in order for the copyright protection to apply. People ask about that requirement to put the copyright notice on there. That is since 1989, it's no longer required. But prior to 1989, it was required. And so if the notice was omitted or somehow there was a mistake made with respect to that copyright notice, Generally, there are some exceptions, but generally that work lost copyright protection and therefore passed into the public domain. And then you can have explicit dedication. A creator can choose to relinquish their copyrights and place their work in the public domain. There are some tools like Creative Commons Zero that can do that. I will talk briefly about Creative Commons as well. Creative Commons are copyright licenses, except they're simple, standardized licenses that has preset conditions, and you can simply apply those preset conditions to your work. If you want to find out more about them, go to creativecommons.org. But basically, Creative Commons licenses can be restrictive from requirements to give credit to the creator, You can't use it for any commercial use, meaning you can't sell it, and you can't make any derivatives or adaptations of it, but you can use it as is, giving credit, not selling it, versus a pretty permissive license, which is simply that you just have to give credit and that's all you need to do. And then there are other licenses that fall between the two, give credit, but you can use commercially. You can make derivatives, but you have to give, you know, all those combinations, right? A Creative Commons Zero, although it's sometimes referred to as a license, it's not a license, right? Because it's a dedication to the public domain. If you elect the Creative Commons Zero, then you are waiving all copyright and related rights in the work. So creators might use this if they want to dedicate their work to the public domain because it's data or educational content, scientific work, maybe even artwork, but something where they want to facilitate the free distribution and utilization of that resource globally. That is a more the merrier, the wider spread and repeated that information is, the better it is for the world. And so people may elect to dedicate their work to the public domain. The main attributions are there are no copyright restrictions when you have that creative domains zero dedication. You can use the work for any purpose without seeking permission, even commercial purposes. You can take something that someone's given away free and slap a price on it if someone will pay for it. And they wait. So the creator waives all rights to the work. No attribution is required. That's a different thing than pretending it's your own idea, 
but it is not a copyright infringement to not provide attribution. There are other ethical obligations that you still have to not claim somebody else's work as your own. And you can use it worldwide and it cannot be revoked. When someone dedicates their work to the public domain, that is permanent and it cannot be revoked. However, it is provided as is without any warranty. So in the event that work infringes somebody else's copyright, because it's been dedicated to public domain, it could be that there are problems within that work. So using that Creative Commons Zero work is not completely without liability or risk. Here's what public domain is not. So to answer the original question, something that is publicly available doesn't mean it's in the public domain. Publicly available and public domain are not synonymous. Publicly available simply means it is not being held in confidence. It is something that is available to the public. So think of a course or a movie or a song, publicly available, but copyright protection remains on that work, according to the things we just talked about. So the question about publishing something on my social media does not put something in the public domain. It is publicly available, but it is still subject to my copyright protections. The other thing that public domain isn't, it isn't free. Now, it might be, but if you go on Amazon right now and search for A Tale of Two Cities, you'll see copies of the book that are for sale, right? So when we talked about some of the books, you know, Virginia Woolf and Ernest Hemingway, I can't remember, Agatha Christie books, you will find those books. Now, by the way, their whole catalog of books is not in public domain. The ones that they published before 1927 are. So you will find all those books on Amazon for sale. So you can't get the Kindle copy that you bought and just copy it and then start selling it. That particular book is for sale and subject to whatever the terms of that sale are. Conversely, something that is free is not necessarily in the public domain. Think about Most of the content that you come across daily on your phone, it's free, but the vast majority of it is protected by copyright. So that is super important because too many people think that something that's published on the internet is public domain. That is not what that is. And it is not just because you can access it for free does not mean that it is in the public domain. It is still protected by copyright. People ask me about open source software. So free and open source software is not in the public domain. It is still protected by copyright law. So similar to those Creative Commons licenses, if you offer something as open source software, the copyright owner of that software chooses to grant specific rights to the public through a general public license just because it's free and it's not in the public domain. So there are still conditions for using it. It is still protected, but subject to this public license that allows you to use it in specific ways. And so whatever those terms of that license are, you still need to comply with it. So if you don't comply with that 
the terms of that free open source license, then you are infringing the copyright. It is still protected by copyright law. You still need to comply with the terms of that license. And if you don't, then you are guilty of copyright infringement. Other people will ask, why we do even have public domain? Like, why doesn't protection last longer? And if you follow what has happened over the last hundred years with the increase in the length of copyright protection in particular, there are many people who think it lasts way too long. So now with the life of the author plus, was it 70 years or you know 95 years, basically the value to the original owner has probably zero to none, right? However, the value to the world, because at the end of the day, there really aren't that many original ideas anymore, right? And so to be able to build upon Shakespeare, to be able to build upon the Odyssey, to be able to build upon other classic materials, that is the basis of so much of what is rich in current culture. Public domain is intentionally created. It was intentionally created by Congress to make sure that some works, even creative works, there's a balance for that exclusive period of time that the creator has exclusive rights to it, but also to balance it with the greater good that we can have this body of work that we can continue to develop and to grow from. I discovered in researching this when I discovered the Center for the Study of Public Domain, which is awesome, which advocates for a balance between protection and public domain. And they had this to say, without the public domain, there would be little to protect with intellectual property rights. If copyright lasted long enough to lock up Shakespeare's work, much of the literary canon would vanish. If data, theories, and formula were subject to intellectual property protection, then scientific progress would grind to a halt. So the intellectual property system needs to provide both incentives through exclusive rights and the freedoms provided by the public domain. And the key is to find the appropriate balance between them. And I think that is a great way to wrap up the copyrightability series. Again, please check out the last two episodes as well as I also had a three-part series about copyright infringement, where I talk about what is copyright infringement, how to avoid being a copyright infringer, which usually happens by accident, not with intent, and measures you can take to reduce the likelihood that you will be a victim of copyright infringement. So please check out those episodes as well. And thank you again. This series has been sponsored by Think Beyond IP. Think Beyond IP helps B2B experts with corporate clients lay the intellectual property foundation required to build new scalable revenue streams. Think Beyond IP has the legal expertise and the corporate experience to provide expert focus to the issues that matter most to you and to your corporate clients. And if you haven't already, head over to thinkbeyondip.com to get your free assessment to answer the question is your expertise copyrightable? Thanks, guys. Have a great holiday. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest 
and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe, and I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.